Hi, and welcome back to Unsighted, the internet's least reliable French literature podcast, at least for this episode. I'm Chantel. And I'm Amy. And we are doing something a little bit different. But first, um, how are you doing, Amy? <sighs> Amy's got the COVIDs. And you might be asking yourself, Amy, if you have COVID, why are you recording a podcast? Well, listeners, as my new therapist told me today, I'm a people pleaser and I need to be here for perfect attendance. Please myself. So I'm here. <laughs> the people you're pleasing is you. Yeah, I, I've, I'm working on pleasing myself instead of others, you know? It's a whole thing. <laughs> I know how that sounds. But uh, I mostly just have like weird sinus pressure right now, so it's not too bad. But like sinus pressure is annoying um, more than anything else. I did everything right. I got my, f my five vaccines. I wore a mask, but my partner works in the public and uh, sometimes he has to eat at his desk because they're busy. And uh, COVID found its way to our house 955 days after lockdown. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. I do have a cleaning. Uh, what's What's the segment called? That was such a good segue. Okay. And now it's time for Clean Language, our regular segment that we've always done forever and is not just a new thing that's been happening for the last three or four episodes, where Amy tells us a cleaning tip. Yeah. So November's cleaning tip is more of an organizational tip, I guess. So you know clothes. You have sweaters. I am currently wearing a sweater. Yeah. Okay. So you know clothes, how when you put it like on a hanger in the closet and then you forget about it because it's the wrong season to wear it and not like fat fashion season but like actual temperature season mm -hmm. and then you take it out and the first time you wear it you have those weird annoying shoulder bumps i don't because i have fabric hangers well people with non-fancy hangers like me <laughs> who have the plastic ones sometimes you get weird bumps on some of your sweaters the trick to not get those weird bumps so that you don't look like you're from the space age is to flip your shirts inside out when you hang them up oh that's very interesting you can also look a little bit like you're from the 80s with the little shoulder pads yeah that's not a look i want although i guess if you do have something with shoulder pads you can just keep it normal but yeah and also if you have a hard time hanging up your hangers in your closet because you have to do that weird dance with the closet to the hanger thing to hook it on uh, hook it on from the back my dad always told me not to hook hangers from the back because when he was a kid there was a fire in his town and his sister instead of you know running out of the house like you're supposed to and, and saving her own life grabbed all her clothes from the closet and he was like that's why you should always hook your hooks in your closet forward so that you can just grab them I'm like I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be giving me advice where I'm like grabbing positions for from a fire instead of, you know, running out of the house during a fire. Yeah, no, just leave that there, you know? That's really bad parental advice. Don't grab your clothes from the closet in the event of a fire. That's a separate segment that we're not going to readdress, um, but <laughs> fire safety. Um, this is our childhood trauma segment. Test your fire alarms, replace your batteries at least once a year, and have an escape plan. Bad parenting. Don't grab your clothes. Yeah, so that's that. I told Amy she didn't need to be here this week, but she absolutely insisted. She looks a little like she's about to fall asleep. See, the way I see it, Chantel, is that back in, oh, when did I get actual influenza? Back in fourth year, mm -hmm. I got influenza and I had a fever of 104 and I still wrote an essay during that time. So I can record a podcast. It's fine. Okay. This is fine. It's not influenza. It's fine. All right. It's worse than influenza. 
but it's fine. You look very fine. I'm fine. I'm not currently lying on an ice pack or anything. I totally believe that is the case. Okay, so this week we are talking about Ai Tsutsuba, Black Witch of Salem, or Moi Tsutsuba, Sorcière Noire de Salem, which is how I read it. It was originally written in French by Marise Condé. I read it not for English class, but for my gender and women's study course. So we went to a bilingual school. French and English school. Where you had the choice to either take like French grammar courses or take discipline courses in French. So that's like um, a math class in French, for example. We're really uh, outing ourselves from redacted. Yeah. So I I did that. I took like philosophy and women's studies and um, like Quebec culture and stuff because I didn't want to learn passé composé again because I had just taken French immersion and I learned passé composé like 12 times in a row. I mean, they also teach us the French kids passé composé 12 times in a row. And uh, spoiler alert, yeah, I don't remember it. It's the only easy one to remember. I mean, sure, maybe, but like... I didn't care about French grammar. I knew I was going to go do a master's in English. I didn't actually know, but like I knew, you know, in my heart. You just felt it. You felt it in your bones. I was like, French is too hard. I can speak it. I can understand it good enough because I'm a Francophone. So (laughs) it was more impressive that I went to an English school and didn't have a French accent. Much more impressive. All my like my like certificates and stuff that I got, I had to get them signed in my English class to prove that I was doing all the work in English. And every time I got to those profs at the end of the year being like, hey, can you just sign this to prove that I did my classes in English? They were like, you're Francophone? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God. I was like, I That's know, I'm great. I am perfect. You love me. I am people pleasing. It's I'm a healthy. Vibe. It's a whole vibe. So I took this gender and women's studies course in my first year that was in French and I happened to read this book because I got assigned it. It wasn't yeah. a weird coincidence or anything. <laughs> it won the poll sort of from last week. The yeah. poll actually tied between this and the Cotton Mather book, but I didn't feel like talking about the Cotton Mather book yet. So we're talking about this. So a little background on the author. Marise Condé is from Guadeloupe, which is a French territory in the Caribbean. And when I say French, I don't mean French speaking. I mean like it's part of France. Quebecers like to go vacation there. I bet they do. So her parents were some of the first black instructors in Guadeloupe, which is a fun fact. She was the baby of the family. She had seven siblings and two half-brothers, like seven whole siblings and two half-brothers. So they were 10? Yes, that is my math. Cool. She always liked writing. She just wrote from the time she was young, but she didn't write professionally until she was older. She published her first novel when she was 40 years old. And she was very much like a like a triple A type, like the artsy academic activist type. Mm, yeah, overachiever. She married an actor. She later remarried her English language translator of her books. Um, she was friends with a bunch of Marxists and that political ideology made its way into her literature. So it's back on like that train we were on yesterday of like communism and whatever. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I don't know why the links between communism and the Salem witch trials keep popping up, but here we are. After she started publishing novels, she went on to teach as a university professor at various universities, mostly in America. For her novels, a lot of her novels talk about the African diaspora through various like places and times. So that's Mm. why we have this Salem Witch Trials story. It's like a theme. She explores themes of like race and gender and culture a lot. And she does it as kind of like a universal topic in various historical milieus. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah, she seems neat. So Mwatsituba is about a black enslaved woman who was a historical figure that we talked about last week. 
she was one of the first people accused of witchcraft during the Salem witch trials. And in the play that we just read, yeah. her presence kind of spurred on the witch trials. But I don't think that's the case historically. I didn't check, but sure, we're unreliable. It's fine. <laughs> Before we get into a summary of the book, I want to give a content warning for rape, hanging, slavery, and also for abortion. So if you don't want to hear about any of those things, I'll tell you when they're coming up. You're so much nicer than I am. We didn't even put a content warning last week. We were just like, we're going to talk about people hanging witches and also communism. Whoops, sorry. I feel like that's less of a needed content warning. You know going into the Salem witch trials, it's going to be about that. Yeah, that's fair. So the novel is about a very, very heavily fictionalized version of the historical Tsitsuba. She was from Barbados in the novel and historically, to the best of our knowledge. Like, we don't yeah. know a lot about her. But historically, to the best of her knowledge, she was from Barbados. Historians think she was actually an indigenous woman from the Arawak Guyana nation. Hmm. I hope I pronounced that right. Unreliable. Content warning for rape is coming up right now. In the book, she's actually the daughter of an enslaved African woman who was raped by an English sailor. So she's a mixed race person. Right. Her mother is going to be raped again by her enslaver. And she fights the guy off, which is successful. But then, as punishment, she gets hanged for that. Right. So it's just an all-around bad time. Bad time. So Tsitsuba is off on her own for a little bit. She gets taken in by a healer. In the French version, I read her name is Mayaya, but in the English version, her name is Mama Yaya. Interesting. That's that's so strange. I wonder if it's like a specifically Caribbean French word that doesn't translate well. Oh, that's possible, yeah. Because like, like the Black Mama stereotype is very american mm -hmm. so mama yaya raises her she learns a lot about herbs and like traditional healing methods from her because mama yaya is an herbalist then mama yaya passes away Hitsuba falls in love with an enslaved man named john indian okay hmm. and she goes back into slavery to be with him oh. um, after mama yaya dies so this there's a lot of complicated stuff that happens with like choices she makes that we'll get into later but but eventually they both get sold to Samuel Paris. We know him. He's another historical figure. He was in the play. Yeah, he was in the play. He was the Puritan clergyman who basically started the Salem witch trials. So he brings them to Salem. And Tituba, you know, obviously knows about like healing and things. So she is immediately arrested for witchcraft. Of course. She's put in jail with a pregnant woman named Hester Prynne. If you have read The Scarlet Letter, you might be familiar with Hester Prynne because she is the protagonist of that novel, not a historical figure. How interesting. When was this book written? Um, Within the last 40 years. Okay. Ish. Cool. I'll get into like the different levels of removal we get in the book from like the actual historical events because there's, it's basically the whole book. But Yeah, there's a fictional character in the book. Hester Prynne's there. She's like a really interesting feminist character. Tsitsuba confesses to witchcraft so that she doesn't get hanged. So the whole Salem Witch Trials is actually a pretty minor part of this book. Huh. She gets sold off again to a man named Benjamin Cohen Dazavedo. Can't help you. And she helps to take care of him and his nine kids. My God. And he seems like not the worst for a slave owner, I right. think. But then the Puritans set his house on fire because he's Jewish and all his children die in the fire. Benjamin sets Tsitsuba free and sends her back to Barbados. Hmm. And she moves back into Mama Yaya's hut. 
and she takes up the role of healer there in her kind of like it's not really a town but like in her hometown basically and then while she's doing that she's brought a man named Ifigen who's like barely clinging to life he's also enslaved and I feel like that has something to do with what happened to him just a sneaking suspicion yeah a bit suspicious so she nurses him back to health he plans a revolt on the plantation where he was enslaved and Tsitsuba is like all for it she's gonna she's gonna join him she's gonna join like his team and she comes with him and then the night before the revolt they get captured and him and her and all of his team get hanged and on the part of the plantation owners that is a big mistake because what they do is they become ghosts and they live in the spirit world and they spend like the rest of eternity until slavery is abolished just leading slave revolts from the other side of the veil. This is such an interesting book. Yeah. Huh. It is a really interesting book. It's what like cool really wild to read and not what you would expect. Yeah. Because you hear about like Tituba and you think like, oh, Salem Witch Trials. Okay, cool. But this is like a whole other layer of... Fun times. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. yeah. So some themes from the novel and like topics I would like to explore. I actually wrote an essay about this, but it was like an okay essay. So I just pulled some things. It was a good essay. I read it. You did. You did. And you corrected all my French. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. So not your <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. Yeah. Identity. Identity tends to be a really big theme motif. I guess it's not a theme because the theme's like a basically a thesis statement for a book, but like a motif in Caribbean literature because like historically Caribbean cultural identities were devalued by the Eurocentric people in power. Big surprise. Who would yeah. have thought? Shocking. Who would Shocking. imagine? So a lot of the literature is about like reclaiming identity and this book does that too but it's really interesting because like inherently it's a fabricated identity of a historical person like the author said that kind of the reason she wrote this she's like it's only when i started asking people and historians around me and did not discover anything factual about her her being Tsutsuba that I decided I was going to write her story out of my own dreams so basically it's not from like letters and like documents or anything it's like we know her name we know what she did during the Salem witch trials we know she left after that and then we don't really know what happened to her because you know history is written by white men yeah and a lot of that oral history was lost the novel doesn't try to give a voice to the historical Tsutsuba whose voice was taken it kind of like creates a new narrative right yeah if it was a movie it would be like loosely based on a true story you know like those yeah yeah so i don't know i thought that was really interesting and then like the story she gives her is i i I don't know how to feel about it because there's like there's two tacks we could take she has a lot of agency Uh she makes a lot of choices yeah but on the other hand like it could seem like those choices are not making her a very sympathetic character you know Mm, because she's complex she's a very complex person and she makes a lot of complex choices that lead her to where she gets to in life right so she's like i read it in a women's studies course so like we were talking about feminism a lot. Yeah. And one of the things that came up is she consistently values like her romantic relationships and her platonic relationships with men over her own freedom. Yeah, because she gets back into slavery for that guy. Yeah, like when she meets him, she doesn't become a slave again right away. She becomes kind of an unofficial servant for a white lady named Susanna Endicott. Okay. And she hates Susanna. She thinks Susanna is going to out her for her healing and she's going to like... 
brandish her as a wish. But instead of like quitting, um, she wants to be near John still. So she uses her healing and like not her healing, but like her herbalism and, and her knowledge of plants and stuff to basically make Susanna so sick that she wishes she was dead. Like me right now. Like you. Yeah. COVID's no joke. And that's when she gets sold to Samuel Paris, and that's why she ends up in Salem. Right. She, and she actually has the choice to stay behind, but she doesn't want to get separated from John. So she chooses to go to America. Right. It wouldn't be called America for people from Barbados, though, because in South and Central America, America refers to, like, the Americas. Yeah. So she chooses to go to the United States. And then, like, on the journey, she's like, I miss John so much because she gets separated from him because there's different quarters because, you know, they didn't treat people in slavery very well. And she says, I miss John as much or more than I miss my country. Hmm. Interesting. Like, I see that that's why you made that choice, but it's also an interesting thing to say. Yeah. It's like her internal monologue. She's entitled to say whatever she wants, but it's like a fabricated character and they're it's she's just fabricated in a really interesting way yeah and then when benjamin's kids die and he says okay my kids are dead you're free now she's like oh but not at this cost like yeah but you are free now so so just be free you know like she has a lot of empathy and like love to give yeah like love for johnny and empathy for the guy who lost all his kids in a fire yeah i don't know how i feel about it like i don't know if the historical tsitsuba would approve of this story of her yeah where she's like chosen to go into slavery like i'm sure there were really complex situations because it was a really it's just a a weird thing you know like there were families that were they had the choice to stay in slavery or be separated and that's a really hard choice to make yeah so i don't know do you deal with the devil you know or do you get separated from the only people who love you yeah and then the tone is like really interesting it's like half serious and then half ironic so it can feel detached I think. Mm. So it's like she's not really the historical Tsutsuba and then the tone isn't really like completely serious all the time. So it can be really easy for the audience, I think, to detach from the historical events. Do you feel like it's a bit of a satire at all? I don't don't know what it's satirizing, you know? Mm, Right. She admits that it's an ironic tone. Okay. So I don't know what... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to make of this novel. Then another thing is like there's feminist themes... So obviously Salem Witch Trials, it explores the oppression of women in the Salem Witch Trials. But then also it has like a bunch of other stuff going on. Here we've got our content warning for abortion. If you don't want to hear about that, skip ahead like a minute. So it has Tituba make decisions about like her body and her own motherhood and maternity and family and stuff. She says she refuses to bring a child into the world who she knows would be oppressed. So she does get pregnant with John but she has an abortion while they're married and she loves him. And that's a hard decision to make. But then later in Barbados, she gets pregnant again, I think with Ifigen, and she decides to keep that baby because she sees hope for the future. Right. Does she die before it's born? Yeah. Yeah, she does. Is the kid a ghost? It's funny you should say that because there actually is a kid who's a ghost, not hers. Interesting. But she kind of like adopts another kid as a ghost named Samantha. That makes sense. What happens to John? Is Are they just separated because of the witch trials? I think so, yeah. Okay. It's been a while since I read it. Yeah, that's fair. And also Hester Prynne. 
Hester Prynne is like kind of a third wave feminist, which is really <laughs> random. She introduces her to like the concept of feminism and Hester and Tsutsuba are both pregnant at the same time while they're in jail together. And content warning for like forced marriage, I guess. Hester is having her first wanted pregnancy. She's been pregnant four times before, but it was with a man who she was forced into a marriage with by her family. And she said she could never love a child from a man that she hates. So mm, this is really the one child who's from her adultery. Side note, like, I was trying to think of the masculine word for mistress, and I don't think there is one. Jiggle? I feel like there should be. No. No, that's that's like a sex worker. It's mm. so strange. It is strange. Probably because there's no stigma attached to being the other man like there is being the other woman. Huh. Mm-hmm. I think we should make a gender neutral term for mistress. Well, it's probably a adulter. Equality for the mistresses of the world. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So Hester is having her first pregnancy that she wants from the man that she was having an affair with. And it, this is like the man she chose instead of who her family chose. So is this her like Scarlet Letter baby? Yeah. Okay. It is her Scarlet Letter baby. And she's also like up on intersectionality. So she's up on like agency. She's up on making her own choices about her partner and her family. But then she's also up on intersectionality. So she says to Tsutsuba, the color of John's skin hasn't caused him half as many problems as yours has for you. So she's like thinking about the ways in which women of color experience racism differently than men of color. Huh. Right? That's pretty so, neat. Yeah, it is really neat. So like, obviously, that's like another way the book is removing itself yeah. from the history. I basically might as well not be set during the witch trials. Would it's you say like, it's very didactic? Like, do you think it's trying to teach something? Uh... I was actually having a really hard time with, like, what the message of the book is. Right. I know that there's a lot of, like, themes that it wants to explore, but I couldn't figure out what, like, the messages about those themes were. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I don't know. The witch trials are basically a set piece, you know? Yeah, like, it's anachronistic to a certain degree, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Also, the genre. The genre is magical realism. Oh, yeah, that explains a lot. Which I learned recently is a genre exclusive to Latin American fiction. Really? Yeah. So there is magic. The like her witchcraft is not magic. She uses actual herbal recipes that Maurice Conde found in like books from that era. Oh, that's really cool. From England and France. Like she looked up actual traditional healing methods and that's what she uses. But Tsutsuba talks with the dead. I like that about her. Yeah. We love that for her. Yeah. We we love a medium queen. But I don't know if Conde would see that as like magical realism because she also believes that you can talk to the dead. Like, she said that she felt like Tsutsuba was reading her story when she left the room, and she fully believes that Tsutsuba was, like, involved in her writing process. That's interesting. That's cool. We love that for her. So, yeah, there's lots of detachment from the historical reality, but I think that makes it easier to talk about kind of, like, universal concepts and universal experiences, because it's just a person experiencing things, and the reason she's experiencing those things are very specific to her historical context but like the way that she's reacting to those things could happen anywhere yeah cool so yeah that's Motsitsuba what did you think I think it's cool I didn't expect it to go into like the slave revolt thing despite the fact that I've read this essay before like I remember reading this essay but I'd completely yeah. forgotten about that so that's kind of I actually forgot about that too I knew that it wasn't really about the witch trials but I kind of forgot what else it was about yeah but it's cool that like you know even from the dead 
she's able to make actionable change in in the world Mm -hmm. like you know your your fight doesn't end with your last breath or whatever that's kind of neat i think it's cool that she is given so much agency considering like easily the book have could have gone in a completely opposite direction where she's just like thrown into salem she has no idea how she got there she doesn't know what's going on she's getting accused of witchcraft she's just doing whatever they say and then she like goes home yeah but she's given like this series of decisions that she makes for herself and for her relationships and for her family she's not made out to be a victim no she's not even though she had all these terrible things happen to her she's still got power at the end and she has retribution kind of kind of like um kindred how our our main Mm. character like she's forced through time and whatever and like she doesn't always make the decision to go back but sometimes she does and in the end like she makes the decision to get out of it kind of thing like she's not painting herself as a victim even though she's lost an arm she's still very much like you know i made these decisions this was my story I'm not a victim from it kind of thing. Yeah. Look at us doing some juxtaposition work. Yeah. Have a nice little comparative essay going on. There are a lot of parallels even within Kindred about her being taken from her time to like someone being taken from their country. Yeah, for so sure. So it's easy to draw those parallels because it's a parallel that the book itself was yeah. making. Uh, yeah. So that's that. On a scale of having to be accused of witchcraft and being thrown in a cell and having to confess to witchcraft to leading slave revolts from the afterlife. How would you rate the book, Chantel? I think I would rate this book Becoming a Healer in Barbados after you've escaped from Salem. Fair. Because I think that's a point of her journey where she's had a lot of things happen to her. There's been a lot of trauma, but is not completely resolved. Like she is at a place of relative peace, but she hasn't had any retribution, you know? Yeah. So I think that this is a very like complicated book. Yeah. Like it's very removed from what it's talking about. Hmm. So you can see it as kind of the downtime in her story. Yeah. Yeah. What would you rate it? Probably like making decisions because you know what you want out of life. Like when she made the decision to follow Johnny. I didn't read it, but it seems like an interesting concept of somebody who can make their own decisions in life. And like, even though not everything ends up peachy in the end, you know, she still had like a great life as a character and she got to experience the things that she wanted to experience and a bunch of stuff she didn't want, obviously, but like she feels it feels like she made the best of it, you know? I do. Well, that's that. That's Mutsuzuba. Let us know if you still want us to keep talking about the Salem Witch Trials or if you're done hearing about it. I'll hopefully not be dying next week because holy crap, COVID, man. No joke. Do not wish to have again. Yeah, I feel... Like, eventually it will come for me, and I'm just dreading it. I've avoided it thus far. Like, I had influenza in 2021, and it's up there with that, you know? It's bad times. Bad times. Bad times all around. So, yeah, thank you for listening. If you want to chat with us, you can find us at Unsighted Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We also have merch on Redbubble if you look up Unsighted Podcast. I have been Chantel. This has been Amy COVID edition, and we hope to see you in two weeks. And as always, we're excited and available.
This is me adding a joke to the end of the episode. My COVID joke originally was, I had a joke about brain fog, but I forgot it. And it was going to be funny, but then I forgot about it because of the brain fog.